0: I've done a lot of things in my career. It was January 6, 2019. About four months before that, my dad had gone into hospice and I was just doing a lot of thinking of like, you know, am I really doing what I was put on this earth to do? And I was struggling with that answer. How in the world am I going to do this? I had fallen in love with this thing called passive income. And I was suddenly only working an hour or two a week. And that allowed me to be able to say, wow, I can either go find more properties or I can go live the life that I wanted to.
1: The real estate world is changing. Opportunity. Investor Creator. Kyle, welcome to Investor Creator. Hey, Brad.
0: Thanks for having me on.
1: So, I wanted to start with this. And for those that are listening to this in the future, we're recording this in May of 2020. And so, we have a whole lot of of different things going on. Unemployment has reached 30 million. Uh, approximately one in 14 houses are behind on payments. And so there's a lot of uncertainty in the real estate market. And so I'm really wondering, Kyle, in terms of your model and how you do things, so how are you feeling about the the market going
0: forward? Yeah, you know, first of all, I think that, you know, every market is different. Um, I think there's probably ones that are seeing effects already right now. Us here in Fresno, Cal, it's been crazy, man. Like, I don't know if there's just a delay going on or what, but I mean, I'm seeing friends who are, you know, Listing houses right now for right around the market median, which in our town is about 250,000, and getting like 30 showings in 24 hours and nine offers. And I'm like, I did not see that happening right in the middle of a pandemic. But for me right now, I'm ultra conservative. You know, I I have two exit strategies I I flip or I do Airbnb. And so if I'm going to flip one right now, it's got to be at or under the market median. It's got to have a lot of meat on the bones just in case anything happens. Um, and then when it comes to Airbnb, really right now, like I am not looking to buy uh, a whole lot. I'm looking to continue to build my portfolio with managing and co-hosting other people's Airbnbs here in, in my town. And so for me, I guess at the end of the day, I, I think everything right now is... Speculation. I think it's really too early to guess, but I also think that makes it really, really risky. And so I want to try to get into deals where I have little to no money in the deal so that I can reduce my risk. Yeah.
1: And that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think that everyone can agree that now is not the time to be trailblazers and, and create something that no one else has done. It's like, let's go back to fundamentals and stay focused mm-hmm. on what we know. So that makes a lot of sense to me. So I think your background is really cool in terms of how you got involved in the business. Kind of share that with the audience in terms of how you got involved in Daily Rentals in the first place.
0: Yeah, well, the the long story short is that I've done a lot of things in my career. I was a sports anchor for a local news station in Colorado. Then I was in health and wellness. I was I owned a business uh, making videos for high school athletes to help them get into college. I've been in sales. I've been all these different things. And um, it was January six, two thousand nineteen, when I got into real estate. I my about four months before that, my dad had gone into hospice and I was just doing a lot of thinking of like, you know, am I really doing what I was put on this earth to do? And I was struggling with that answer. And so, but I, at the same time, i had fallen in love with this thing called passive income. And it was one of those things I was like, I, it has to be able to A, help people. And it has to be able to be something that will create passive income, that will create wealth, that will allow me to live the life that I want to. And I just kept on coming back to real estate. I kept hearing things from people that real estate was that answer. And so um, I started listening to, you know, the Cardone Zone and hearing all these things about multifamily. And and then I realized I couldn't afford multifamily. So I'm like, how in the world am I going to do this? I couldn't wrap my mind around how I was going to get into real estate. And then it was basically going over to uh, one of these, you know, flip seminars. Three days later, I was signing up for their program. It was the day before I was starting a brand new job in sales as well. And so, I mean, I I had all this stuff going on in my life, but I was so committed. And um, that really opened the door of real estate to me. Yeah, I was flipping, but at the same time, I started to look at this thing... Called Airbnb that I've been doing since 2014, which was five years before. And I was like, wait, I guess this is kind of real estate. I mean, it's I was renting a room out of my house. It didn't feel like real estate, it just felt like, okay, cool, it's helping pay for my mortgage. But yeah, that's that's a real estate investment strategy. That's house hacking. Yeah. And correct. so then I was like, well, what if I actually did my entire house? And three days later I'd made $450 by renting out my entire house and going and sleeping over somewhere else for the weekend. And I was like, okay, well, what if I did that even more? And so I just, I started educating myself. I started diving into courses. I started asking people who had been doing Airbnb for entire houses about how they were turning over places, how they were finding the right cleaners, how they were doing all this. And that was in May of 2019 when I really went full in with Airbnb. Fast forward about 5 months 6 months later i went from my best month ever in airbnb being right around $1000 to 5 months later $15000 wow. and that was like it was one of those things that i don't know if it's just the skill set that i have but everything just made sense because it just fit into what i wanted i wanted systems i wanted to be able to hire people and you know help them to be able to have a job um, I wanted to be able to create an amazing experience for people that were coming into Fresno, California when they're like, Oh gosh, I gotta go to Fresno and suddenly they're in a great Airbnb. And they're like, wow, this is really cool. This is improving my experience. Um, I wanted to be able to have passive cash flow, which in the beginning it was very active, but then when I created these systems, suddenly I had six, seven units that I was able to give to teammates. And I was suddenly only working a, an hour or two a week. And that allowed me to be able to say, wow, I can either go find more properties or I can go live the life that I wanted to. And I've done both. And so now today, you know, fast forward, we're doing this in May of 2020. It's been one year. We have 12 listings of short-term rentals. And um, just a week ago, I was like, I'm going to Arizona and playing golf for <laughs> three days in a row and hanging out. And, and so it's it's been a, a really cool journey Um, It's been really interesting over the last couple months, for sure. But uh, it's it's been wonderful, for sure. Well, that's great, man. So one of the things, so I have friends of mine that that have a a lot
1: of rental property, but they're doing long term rentals. And so one thing that they would say about the 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 daily rental strategy, it's like, well, it's it's not systematized, and and you can have these things happen. So, what do you think the 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 main benefits are to to daily rentals versus long term?
0: Yeah. So, well, first of all, to kind of talk to that. Mindset of oh well it, you know it's not able to be systematized. I would say for one or two properties they're absolutely right, uh, but if you want to have a business with this, just like any business, you can systematize a business and remove yourself. You can make anything passive. Um, but the the main pro is that you're going to cash flow a lot more. If you're cash flowing, call it two hundred dollars at a property, expect to cash flow anywhere to. 4 to 5x that amount if you are doing it the right way with a short-term rental. Another pro is that uh, I feel like, especially here in California, we have a lot of, you would call it, I guess, um, things that are on the, get, uh, on the tenant side um, that really benefit them here in California. If you're doing a long-term rental, you're having to do 30-day notices. Even if you do a 30-day notice, evictions really tough and really, really annoying. I dealt with one of those just recently. Whereas with short-term rentals, they're signing basically a, a one-day contract, a two-day contract, a, you know, sometimes a 20-something day contract. And now you have this whole contract that actually is outside of any sort of tenant lease with the state of California and they can, I mean, we can call the cops and tell them, Hey, listen, this person is only allowed to stay here for another day and they're doing X, Y, and Z and the, and it's no longer a civil matter. Um, so these are things that I think are really beneficial along with the fact that, um, when you use Airbnb, which is my main, uh, source, they have a host guarantee, which really covers just about anything. If there's damage, if there's stolen property, if there's anything you get covered as a host, Now, the cons, um, honestly, at the end of the day, if you just can't figure out how to systematize something, you're going to be a slave to the business. Um, It's something that eventually you're going to need to systematize or else you're not going to like it. Um, Having to stay next to your phone all the time to communicate with guests. Um, If something does get broken, having to find a way to be able to, you know, um, create a, a system that allows you to be able to Uh, expedite that to someone else within your team that they can go and take the pictures of the property. They can send it into Airbnb and tell them, Hey, here's what happened. There's all these different things that if you get married to being a technician in your business, then it's not going to be passive. But if you can create teammates, create systems, plug people into these systems, plug properties into these systems, then suddenly you've got a business that I know tomorrow, Brad, if I add another 10 to 15 properties, I'm still only managing those properties one to two hours a week because I have the teammates and the systems that will do that for me.
1: And that's so important. And it's something that we see in our business too. So I mean, I would say in the note business, which is most of what we do is creating mortgage notes, that being able to manage it and being able to scale with that model is a lot easier. But I see that in my business, having systems and those types of processes is just so important. Because if you're going to get to any kind of level of you know, medium to large size business, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You're going to have to create those processes. So exactly. that makes a lot of sense. So let me ask you this because uh, there are times in interviews it just becomes so... They're always fun for me, but it becomes really fun for me because it's like I get to ask the questions that I don't want to ask. So I look at a lot of property or my business looks at a lot of property. We buy and sell a lot of property. So
0: how do I know whenever I have a good deal? It's like, we need to keep this one. This should be a daily deal. That's a great question. So uh, I'm going to give you a few resources that will help you to First of all, evaluate that because, yeah, just like anything, um, there has to be criteria that you use in order to know is this a deal or not. So, the first thing that we have if you want to just go to fearlesskyle.com, that's our website, right there on the front, there's an Airbnb profit calculator. If you download that calculator, not only will you have the calculator, but in that calculator, there is a video that shows you how to use it and shows you how to evaluate a property based on the neighborhood, based on the location, the city. Um, Those are definite ways that I would suggest looking into it. The second resource, um, something that you can also find on our website, which is um, AirDNA. AirDNA is a great website, especially right now, that will show you not only the last 12 months, but because of all the COVID stuff going on, they're also going to show you the last seven days, last 14 days, last 28 days of what is going on, not only over the course of a year, over the course of its entirety, but also what's happened when COVID happened and how hard has that been hit? Um, So those are the first two resources I would really suggest. But the big one too, that trumps it all. um, In fact, I would do this probably first is just call city hall in your area and ask them, are short-term rentals allowed? And usually the definition of a short-term rental is right around 28 to 30 days or less. Anything beyond that, uh, just about every single city or county is going to allow 30 days or more. That's just a long-term rental basically is what they classify that as. But anything under that, there's usually either no regulations, which is a little bit scary because they could literally overnight say, hey, suddenly we want to regulate this and this is no longer allowed. Uh, There's other ones like my city, which I really enjoy having a city in which they say you need to get permitted, uh, which means that, hey, we're watching what you do we allow it. We just want it to be legit. We want you to pay taxes on it. We want you to have um, an actual um, license that's tied to it. And then there's cities that say, we just don't allow it. So you need to determine what that is. So those would be the three things, the three resources that I would use right away.
1: So in terms of a property, are there any disqualifiers that you say, oh, I'm definitely not going to do that? So um, Or any anything in terms of the rate? So one thing that I've looked at, it's like, Okay, if if the rental rate is less than a hundred dollars per night on average, can you really make that work, or is it something that we even want to mess with? So, do you have any like red flags or disqualifiers in terms of what you're looking at?
0: Well, your numbers are your numbers. I mean, I, I can do a deal over here that's renting out a place for you know fifty to sixty dollars a night and make a great profit. Uh, but then if I try to do that in you know, San Diego or somewhere like you said, Destin, Florida, that's probably not going to work. Those numbers are not going to make sense. So that's why a calculator that will show you exactly what you could make with your expenses and your profits is really important. But my non-negotiable is a safe neighborhood. Um, I know a lot of people that make great money um, going into some bad neighborhoods, some what feel like, you know, you might you might get shot types in neighborhoods. And, and I just don't want to deal with that. I don't want my yeah. cleaners uh, to be unsafe. I don't want my guests to be unsafe. Uh, I want to control what's in my control. And if I can have a nice neighborhood, then I know, hey, everything outside of my control in a nice neighborhood, what's the worst thing that can happen? Maybe a neighbor gets upset that there's you know a party being thrown. That's a lot better than, hey, someone banged down my door and tried to rob me. And I'm a guest at an Airbnb. That, that is a scary thought to be the owner of an Airbnb where something like that might happen. And especially, even if there's just you know, some sketchy people walking around, maybe there's a lot of homeless people in that neighborhood. They might be safe. Maybe it's, nothing is going to happen. But think about that as a guest. You show sure. up and you see a bunch of homeless people walking around. When you go to write a review do you think you're going to give this a gleaming five-star review? Probably not. And just like anything in the hospitality industry, because this is really the thing is it is real estate, it is cash flow, but it is also the hospitality industry. And we want to try to provide as many five-star stays as possible so we can have more people coming in. And if we only have a four-star stay, most people are not going to go for us. So they're going to go for the five-star.
1: Yeah. And, and that makes total sense. I, I often say the two things that I'm not interested in buying at any price is a meth house or a house where I feel like I need to take a pistol with me. So <laughs> exactly. if, I, if I need a pistol, I probably just shouldn't be there. So Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. absolutely. So let me ask about this. So ownership versus arbitrage. So mm-hmm. for those that, that don't know, or I guess maybe I should ask you, so what is what is arbitrage and which model do you prefer?
0: Yeah, so I'm going to answer your question, and then I'm going to throw in a third Uh, Strategy, which a lot of people don't talk about. Uh, But, you know, obviously, ownership you own the house, you control it. Arbitrage someone else owns the home, you get permission from them to sublease it on Airbnb, you pay them rent as if you are the renter, and you collect the spread of the profit. So, I'll give you some real number examples. I've got a place that the landlord is a lawyer. She does not want to deal with bad tenants. She met me and she said, wow, you're going to take care of my place. You're going to clean it four to five times a week. You're going to repair it if a guest does something bad. She saw me as a really solid tenant. So she said, I'll I'll rent this out to you for $1,300 a month. And I usually collect right around on a bad month, $2,900 to on a good month, $3,400 for the, the gross income. So, take away the $1,300, take away the probably $500 of expenses for the maids and take away maybe another $400. And what does that leave you with? You've made anywhere between about $700 to about $1,200 every single month by using someone else's property. And the only thing that I had to do was go in and furnish that property. So my overall expenses at that we're probably in the neighborhood. I don't have the sheet in front of me, but I'm gonna guess just like most of ours, six thousand to as much as nine thousand dollars. So I'm making my money back essentially within the first six to eight months. That's always my goal. And I tell the landlord, I wanna be your tenant for years upon years upon years, because it would be silly for me to get into a six-month lease, a twelve-month lease. And be like, see ya, because I didn't I haven't even started to make my great profits until month six to month eight, anyway. Um, so really, really great advantage to that is that again, you don't have to own the property. All you need to do is either raise seven to six to nine thousand dollars on your own of your own money, or go out and get it from someone else, and now you have an opportunity to be able to pay them back with interest and have a, a property literally for free. Or If you're like me and you say, hey, I don't want to go out and continue to raise money. I don't want to go out and continue to furnish it and do all this stuff. I just want to really get into any property that would be a good fit for me, have a great symbiotic relationship with a landlord and have zero money in the property. Well, then... Why don't I just go manage for someone? Why don't I show them what they could make if we list this on Airbnb rather than them doing a long-term tenant? It's completely passive for them. They're just going to get a check at the end of the month, and I'm going to just charge them my fifteen to twenty percent management fee and not have any financial responsibility in this entire deal. And so that's how I'm growing my business right now is just through management. Um, I like that the most because I've got the resume. I've got, a be, you know, I'm able to show the landlord, hey, here's the thousand reviews that I have. Here's the 12 listings that we have on Airbnb. You can trust me because you can see all of these listings have at least a 4.8 star rating. We're doing things the right way.
1: Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. And I find that people, I would want to, to deal with someone that was actively doing what they're trying to, to show me how to do anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're an owner in Airbnb and you're doing it, you've proven the model, then scaling it that way makes a lot of sense. So let's talk about uh, markets. So uh, I'm based out of Nashville, Tennessee, and Nashville has has historically been a really strong daily rental market until Nashville came in and and created some legislation to kind of shut it down. But people were making a lot of money for years before they, they changed the zoning and those kinds of things. Often, my family and I will go down to Destin, Florida or Seaside, Florida area, Panhandle, Florida for vacation. We'll do that two, three times a year. And so I've often thought about, okay it'd be nice to, to buy something down here and we have it to do the daily rental thing. Um, but then I thought, well, do I really want to have the hassle of those kinds of things? And I think a lot of people think about that, right? Mm-hmm. Like what, what, what do we want once you, uh, are able to make these kinds of decisions? And so what do you think if someone is going to start the daily rental business, is it best to kind of stick in your backyard if you're in a decent daily rental market or, um, would you kind of hesitate to tell someone to do something 800 miles away?
0: So I think it goes back to what their goal is. If they want to build a business, I don't see why you shouldn't just try to start with whatever is the best market for you and what your goal is. If you want to have 10, 20, 30 listings and you live in Nashville, Tennessee, it's not going to happen. So why not go and even take a look at Memphis, Tennessee and say, well, hey, I know there's a lot of... Workers coming in. That's a very industrial type of city. Um, There's probably a lot of need there versus like in Nashville or Destin. There's a lot of desire and want. There's, you know, hey, I want to go there for the weekend to party with friends. I want to go there to take my family to the beach versus, hey, um, I'm a trucker and I need a place to sleep for three days um, while I'm in Memphis and and driving through. Uh, So I like to be able to look at cities that have a need, especially right now, what we're seeing. Our Airbnbs this last month in April still were over 90% occupied, even wow. during this pandemic, because I'm in a market where people need to come here. Um, there's traveling nurses, there's people that need to quarantine away from their family. There were people that were here that said, Hey, you know, I've, I've got business, even with all this stuff going on, I still need to be in town for business. So, long story short, I think if your goal is to build a business, find the best market for what your goals are, and take it from there. Um, you can you can you know reach out to people in that area. You can network with people in that area, especially if you are. I mean, you know, how far is Memphis from Nashville? About three and a half hours. Okay, so let's say for you know three days, you go and take a business trip. And you go to local uh, real estate meetup groups. You network there. Um, You go to um, Craigslist a few days before and you set up meetings with landlords. You can go there, maybe let's call it once a month for the first three months to start to build that foundation. And then suddenly before you know it, you've got all the teammates, all the network, all the people who know exactly what you're doing to be able to start to build that foundation in your business. And now you start hiring some of that out in that area. And you start to be able to systematize things. Like I mentioned, um, you know, if you're going to do it, let's say across the entire U S and I I had a guy call me the other day who lives in, I want to say it was like New Jersey. And he was like, I want to start something in, um, in Tucson, Arizona. And so, you know, I said, it's going to be harder. You're definitely going to struggle to, um, create some credibility, but all it takes is one person. Um, all it takes is you researching and figuring out, Hey, what are the local meetup groups over there? Um, who can I connect it, you know, over the phone with a local meetup group and tell them, Hey, I'm looking for X, Y, and Z. Do you know someone that I can connect with that will be able to help me with that? And, and I think, I guess, Brad, at the end of the day, like if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to find the solution. Yeah. Um, if, if you just want to have an easy business that just runs itself and, and it's one or two listings and it's in your backyard, you know, I, I would say you're probably not an entrepreneur mindset. You just want to have a nice little, you know, sh- small short-term rentals, Airbnb business, which is fine. But if that's what you want, I wouldn't be looking 300 miles away or more for just one or two listings. And that makes sense. That makes sense. So
1: one thing I've always wondered, so when you're furnishing these houses, so are you going to Ashley Furniture and, and, and just, you know, Really running up the bill, or, or do you have suppliers that 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 kind of service these sort of channels?
0: Well, just like a good um, leader or president or head of a whatever, um, I always try to surround myself with people who are smarter than me. I've got I'm the idea guy. I like being able to see an idea come together. I like being able to implement. These systems, but I'm not the guy that's going to be like, oh, yeah, that chair would look really nice in that living room. Yeah, I'm the I'm, worst at that, too. I'm horrible at that. Terrible at that. <laughs> uh, if, if these places were left up to my design skills, I wouldn't have anyone staying at them. <laughs> so uh, I have a lot of teammates that make those decisions for me interior designers. I have an assistant. Um, I have, again, a whole team of cleaners. I have a whole team of repairmen. Um, I have these. These people that will help me by going in and seeing something that I don't see uh, to help make that listing better. Very cool. Very cool.
1: And it sounded like you could furnish a house for less than ten thousand generally.
0: Yeah. So basically, the numbers that I've come up with is if you have a three bedroom or four bedroom two bath, you should not be spending more than ten thousand dollars, including an interior designer's time. Okay. Um, if you're that person that you're like, man, I can go and I can do this, and you know, I, I don't mind going on. Craigslist or market or what's it called? Uh, Offer up um, any of these places, Facebook marketplace, you know, you could probably get away with furnishing most places, whether it's a one bedroom or a three bedroom for as little as three to $5,000. But I just would rather spend my time on things that I'm knowledgeable about that will bring in more money to our business rather than trying to go out and save money and probably do it half as bad or half as well as someone else.
1: Yeah. Uh, anytime I do something like that, and this is why I'm not handy at all. So if I were to paint something, it would never look right to me. If I were to change a doorknob, it would never yeah. look right to me. So it's like, just hire somebody else to do that. So exactly. I'm trying sure to do anything with me with that. So let's say that someone is completely new in, in terms of the daily rental market. Maybe they have some real estate experience, maybe not, but they want to get into this. So how do you recommend someone get started that has never done the daily rental model before?
0: yeah well i think it goes back to evaluating um the market and figuring out what are for well back it up figure out first of all what are your skills um are you good at sales are you good at um are you good at managing are you good at working with people if those are things that you struggle with um you need to either now look at partnering up with someone that fills in those gaps or asking yourself this is really something that you're Really, going to be in and good at because if I don't have the ability to work with people, then how am I going to be able to create relationships with my cleaners where they're not going to want to leave and they're only going to want to do work with me? How am I going to create a relationship with my, you know, assistant who's eventually going to become my manager so that I'm not the one always having to communicate with guests? If you don't like talking to people, you're going to hate this business because you have to talk to people all the time and tell them how to check in. You got to tell them, oh, you know, Think about this. It's 9 p.m. at night. You're getting ready to go to bed, and suddenly you get a message from a guest saying, "Hey, we're struggling to get the TV on." If you don't like talking to people, you're going to be pissed. (laughs) You know, so you're you got to find ways to either get better at that or bring in people that are really good at that. And so, I would first of all figure out what am I good at, and how can I fill in those gaps. Um, The next part is evaluating the market that's best for you. Um, is this a market that's safe? Is it a market that I could make a great profit in? Is it a market that I'd be able to create these systems, find these teammates? And then I would just get to work on educating as much as possible. Find courses, finding YouTube videos. You can find all of that on my, uh, my YouTube page, which is basically just fearlesskyle.com Go to the YouTube section. You'll find all of our YouTube videos on Airbnb um, we've got a course as well, which is really great for teaching people exactly how to get into it. But honestly, like to me, it's just figuring out your skills, evaluating your market, and then getting yourself deep into education.
1: Yeah, and, and that makes a ton of sense. So, being that you are helping people across the country do this, which is super cool, and if you guys are interested in that, be sure and go to Kyle's website. So, what do you feel the biggest mistake is that you're seeing people do right now with this business?
0: Yeah, I mean, Everyone who is struggling right now um, during this COVID nineteen stuff, there's a very common theme that I'm seeing. Um, they got into highly leveraged deals that, it, whether that was arbitrage or owning, and they said, "Wow, this is great! I'm going to make two thousand dollars a month after expenses." Well, when your expenses are eight thousand dollars and your gross income is ten thousand dollars, yeah, that's not great. That's That's scary that, that you're one or two, you know, cancellations away on a monthly basis from losing your profit. So when I look at a deal, I look, I use the 33% rule. I need whatever my expenses are, whatever, sorry, whatever my net profit is need to be at least 33% of my gross profit, uh, we have some deals over here that do 75 to 80% because we have multiple units on the property, which is a whole other teaching topic that I love to talk about. But if it's at worst, going to be 33%. In other words, if I'm going to make $1,000 and my gross income is $3,000, then that means that I'm probably going to be pretty safe even if a pandemic happens. Mm-hmm. Um, the other side of it is that People are just looking at, and I, I hear this all the time, seems like this would be a great place because it's a vacation area. What's the first thing that gets hit when a recession happens? Yeah, travel. Yeah. People stop vacationing. It's not even necessarily travel. It's just they just stop traveling for fun. Yeah. And so if I can get into a place like a Tucson, Arizona, a Memphis, Tennessee, a Midland, Texas, a Fresno, California, where it's not sexy, it's not exciting, but at the same time, I know that there's gonna be people coming in for work, people coming in to visit family, people coming in for those needs and they're thinking to themselves, instead of spending $100 a night on a hotel and there's four of us and we gotta get three or four different hotel rooms, why don't we all just split an Airbnb for $100, $120 a night and use the different rooms and feel like we're still in a hotel but able to you know commingle together, we have our kitchen, we have our living room, we have everything we need um so again it's it's really looking at the need market versus the want market which in other words would be a vacation market yeah that that's
1: a super interesting point so with that and that kind of brings up my an, another thought so it seems like airbnb has just completely taken the the hotel model and dumped it on its head and so in the future, what changes do you see coming with daily rentals that, that, and we can speculate, well, it could be this or that, but what changes do you see coming either in terms of regulation or in terms of, of travel patterns to where you think it will affect the daily rental
0: market? Yeah, you know, um, a lot of cities in the last few years have started to put regulations on Airbnbs uh, or short-term rentals. I think we'll continue to see that. I think the cities that are banning short-term rentals are in a couple of years going to say, hmm, we're getting a lot of pushback from people who are coming to City Hall and saying, open this back up. And they're going to start to feel that. And I think they're going to start to reopen. San Diego is a really good example of that. They actually shut down short-term rentals for about two months. And then people just were complaining left and right, going to City Hall Uh, At least from what I understood, this is what it sounded like was happening. And they went ahead and they reopened it back up. Um, Now, places like Vegas, I understand why they would completely cancel the short-term rentals. They put in a regulation in which it can only be owner-occupied. So I can only rent it out as a home or as a room out of my house. Or, hey, I live here for X amount of months during the year, and then I rent it out the rest of the year. You can still do that. Uh, But no longer can someone say, hey, I'm going to go build a 20-unit portfolio in Vegas and I get that because the casinos rely so much on the money that they're making. So it makes a lot of sense. But I guess, again, that's like where you really need to be in this position of what type of market is going to be successful with this. And it's going to be the one that is a lot like these, these markets that have a need versus the ones that have a want. And so I, I would just be ready for more regulations coming out. And for that reason, being really smart with what market you're going to pick to, to do business in.
1: And that's just great advice, regardless of what you're doing. Because you know what we're going to see with coming the coming market is things are going to change a little bit. And with change is opportunity. And I, I think that uh, we're both probably positioned pretty well to take advantage of that in a, uh, an ethical and honest way. So... Uh, that being said, if people are interested in the daily rental market and want to learn more about what you are, what you do and, and who you are, where can they go?
0: Yeah, real simple. I'll, I mean, obviously on Instagram at Fearless Kyle. Um, but if you go to our website, fearlesskyle.com, you can have some fun on there, take a look at some resources. But one page in particular, I want to drive you guys to is fearlesskyle.com forward slash Airbnb host. What you can do on that page is get the breakdown of how to get started, what are you know ways to be able to get into Airbnb. Uh, but we also have a way at the bottom of that page to be able to connect with me. And um, I love being able to, especially Brad, for your listeners, if you want to connect with me, it's free. It's 15 minutes. Get any of your questions answered. Or maybe you're even someone that's saying, hey, I've got some properties. I'd like to maybe look at someone like Kyle hosting them for me on Airbnb. I would love to be able to talk to you about that as well.
1: Very good. And guys, that's a great offer. If you're interested in that, be sure and reach out to Kyle. A very insightful guy and, and he'll be able to help you. So Kyle, appreciate it very much, man. I enjoyed it and definitely have to do this again soon. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Brad.